0: Welcome to this webinar powered by InnoFlow with the topic, what matters in talent acquisition in 2022. My name is Caroline Hartseester and I have the pleasure of being the host for this webinar. I'm the founder and CEO of futuretalent.dk, who is helping companies to attract, develop and retain the best talent. You may also have seen me as the host of TEDx Copenhagen, Future of Work. Today's topic is uh, very relevant and uh, The Economist and many other publications are referring to 2022 as the year of the worker, giving the employees more bargaining power than they have had for many years. Because of the scarcity of workforce that we are seeing today with the lowest unemployment rate uh, we have seen in in a decade, uh, many companies are actually struggling to find and hire the right talent. So in this webinar, we are very excited to talk about and address how companies can actually improve how they attract and how they hire the best talent for the company. With me today, I have uh, Jacob Volter, who is the director of talent acquisition in the pharmaceutical company, Leo Pharma. Jacob is uh, also known as a person who is always exploring new solutions and challenging status quo around the dynamics between technology, people, efficiency and quality. I would actually say that uh, Jacob, you are some kind of a a talent acquisition uh, pioneer by heart uh, because prior to Leo Pharma you have actually have been working in Ruonordis for quite some years and have also uh, been responsible for the talent acquisitions uh, activities uh, as head of talent acquisition in the headquarter in Denmark but also in India. So and that's also where I've had the pleasure of uh, working with you. And so with that introduction I'm really happy to have you uh, with me today in the webinar uh, Jacob much. and uh, I think it would be nice also for you listening in just to uh, have a short description or uh, definition of what talent acquisition talent acquisition actually is and why it has been so important for you to, uh, to work uh, with this topic for quite some decades now.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so talent acquisition is uh, the HR discipline of attracting and selecting new employees. And uh, it's becoming more and more interesting. Uh, I think when, back when I started you know, touching on this, I did something else before, um, this was just a matter of, uh, you know, reading some CVs, Finding out, you know, who fits, and then, you know, it operationally just select someone. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely developed since then. Uh, it's not as simple as that anymore, uh, and that's also why we're talking today, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, because to be honest, uh, this uh, this requires a little more focus than uh, than I think we ever imagined there ten, 10 years ago or five years ago, where, where things uh, started moving in a new direction. So um, so that's what I'm working with.
0: And so when you talk about the talent acquisition, you've obviously mentioned now that it has changed uh, but what are the most you can say important uh, parts uh, or elements for talking about recruitment which is a big part of talent acquisition uh, in companies today. What is it that they need to be aware of in these times of scarcity of workforce? Yeah,
1: exactly, and you mentioned it a little bit yourself. So, we are in a situation right now where the power balance is shifting. So. back in the days there was a lot of uh, applicants for different kinds of jobs and uh, as an employer you could sit there you know behind the table and and choose between this uh, fantastic candidate or that fantastic candidate and you can have a dialogue about that you still do that to an extent but it's definitely shifting so right now it's, it's way more the candidates selecting the companies than it's the companies selecting the candidates and to be honest um, I think it's, it's it's a healthy development it's yeah. been a little bit unbalanced and it forces a lot of companies to think right now so how do we look yeah uh, what are we actually offering uh, yeah. what's the uh, the value proposition that we are delivering uh, yeah. as a as an experience and maybe more than a, a place to work yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think there's uh, plenty of opportunity for a lot of companies, especially in Denmark, yeah. uh, to, uh, to revisit this and say, you know, why, why should anyone work for us? Yeah.
0: And so, where do you see the, the main headache uh, or the main struggles, and how do you see companies overcoming that? What are the learnings that you have gained in Novo Nordisk, but also what you're working on right now in, in uh, Leo Pharma? Uh,
1: many struggles. I think um, I think the primary one is that, that things are moving faster right now. So all the processes that we're used to, to running in a certain way and talent acquisition has been very old school for a long time and mm-hmm. you do these steps and then you wind up with a candidate. It's being challenged right now because candidates, if you have three, four, five offers on the table uh, and many have these days, yeah. you know. If you wait a couple of weeks because the hiring manager is on vacation, yeah. <laughs> you don't have a candidate anymore. You Lose the good one. Uh, and I think that forces a lot of f- flexibility into these processes, uh, and a lot of these uh, steps have yeah. to be skipped. Yeah. And you have to pounce on the on the great candidate when they're there, which speaks back to the whole idea of a, a good candidate experience. Yeah. Uh, what are they actually looking for? Um, and that's also different. So. You'll have some candidates who are just looking to get a job as fast as possible. You have other candidates that are shopping around, trying to learn about the companies. There's there's a lot of dialogue going on. Maybe they are actually the ones now, you know, postponing a little bit, coming back a week later and so forth like, you know, we used to see companies doing. It's an interesting dynamic and I don't think we've actually found the right solutions yet. There's also a lot of of related dynamics to that, so Mm -hmm. for instance we see that a lot more segments of candidates are are expected to be pushed on the shoulder a little bit. uh, don't want to put in applications for jobs
0: uh, are they and, becoming more lazy or what's what's going on the, i mean the bargaining power is, is uh, but i think
1: it's it's connected i mean denmark is one of the countries in the world with most linkedin penetration so yeah. it simply means every you know almost it doesn't a lot of people on linkedin uh, and when you start seeing that there's a steady flow of people reaching out to you offering you opportunities it's a little bit, why should I go and find these opportunities myself? They are finding me. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that in more and more uh, corners, which in turn then drives to more more functions like mine where you have to do something pretty organized and yeah. with a lot of proactive outreach to find these candidates now. Um, but then,
0: then, does that organized uh, recruitment process, does that work with the market that we are in right now? Or
1: It kind of have to, uh, so to an extent you will have to have a process that gives um, some sort of continuity, both for the hiring managers that are they can't live with things being different every time yeah. uh, and you know, busy days. And we now kind of have to have a process for how to do stuff. We yeah. also have opinions, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't want to accept crabby processes in a corner. We need to lift the bar at least to a point. Yeah. Uh, so I would say like 70 80% kind of have to be yeah. pretty organized. And yeah. then you can discuss how to organize it. Maybe yeah. we need to challenge that. Um, but the last 20 30%, you have to be creative there, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's the real shift. I think back when we worked at, at Novo nordisk I mean, 95% of our positions were running the same way. A lot of uh, you know candidates coming in, uh, it was fine, and we landed a lot of people yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, I think they have a brand that can still make them do that, uh, yeah. but in they're also seeing a push towards this. I think we'll see much more, uh, you know. We have to think differently in this yeah. corner. These yeah. guys are not responding. These guys are do- want something else. We need to think about that. And a lot more strategic work.
0: But do you think that this time we're facing right now will kind of force that disruption that might be needed to change the, the form as we know it, where people send a CV, totally. and a cover letter? and and uh, Because I've, I've seen also what you're doing in, in Leo Pharma. Uh, with you uh, inspiring candidates to, to see videos instead of job ads and stuff like that. But what, what are some of the tactics or um, things that you can do differently to give another candidate experience? Because you need to compete against the other uh, workplaces. So how do you, how do you stand out? Uh,
1: I think it's a really good question and I think it's something to be explored. I, I haven't seen a golden bullet anywhere. Uh, People are doing different things. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely uh, a move towards simply removing the CV. We know for a fact that it's not very telling in terms of predicting future performance. Mm. So it's also a little bit of a remnant from the past in a sense. Yeah. Uh, it's also efficient way of selecting someone. Mm. And we don't really have a good alternative yet. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a lot of uh, push towards let's do uh, uh, cases instead, yeah. right? An actual let's uh, you know try out something from the, the you know what that person is supposed to be doing. Let's do that instead. Uh, but it's super time-consuming. And mm. if you have a lot of different roles, I think in Leo Pharma we do uh, a thousand hires a year. Mm. Uh, you know, doing actually relevant cases for all of these different kinds of roles is a little bit of work. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, we need something in between. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm i sure there's a market for, for the ones that come up with, with how to do that in a good way. Um, definitely, what I think we will see is uh, more uh, automated uh, matching. Yeah. Uh, so that you would see... Uh, uh, let's say offers where you can latch on to someone who will say i can let you know when a relevant candidate is suddenly interested in doing something new yeah. and i think those kind of machines are also already a little bit uh, in play in different yeah. by, uh, ways but yeah. i think we'll see more of that uh, especially with the time pressure coming in yeah. uh, we need to know real fast yeah. if this biostatistics Guru is suddenly available yeah. on the market yeah. um, and I want to be part of you know, wooing that candidate, can yeah. I say. Um, yeah. And right now, there's an information gap uh, back and forth. Yeah, uh,
0: but I guess you have also been forced to kind of evaluate your selecting criterias. We discussed also earlier on how much focus we should put on experience mm, uh, w- versus uh, potential uh, to kind of expand your, your uh, pool of finding the candidates because, I mean previously, at least also in Nubu Nordisk, we had huge uh, candidate uh, pools and uh, people applying for for specific jobs and and I just hear from a lot of people now that they can select between a half full where it's only like one or two that are really good if they're lucky. So how do you um, kind of expand uh, the the pipeline you're you're choosing from?
1: it's, it's interesting, and I think that's it's back, back to the whole dynamics right now. So, we know for a fact that are, there are 40% more jobs available right now mm-hmm. than normally, which means that in total there's just fewer candidates to yeah. go around. It's actually roughly the same amount of candidates available. But it's still, you know, you have to spread that across a little, thinner, uh, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that means that you're in competition now. I mean, you yeah. can't just rely on it, and that goes back to the whole story about why are you more interesting than your competition. Yeah. Uh, you need to be super crisp on that, yeah. and uh, I mean, in Leo Pharma, we're, we're trying to sort that out, so it, it's a very it's a very dynamic uh, company and right now trying to change a lot. They are uh, changing strategy, we want to go on stock exchanges, there's a million things going on, yeah. which means that the whole offer will also change. Yeah. Uh, and we need to find out, and that's my responsibility to find out together with management. You know what are we, what are we supposed to be? Uh, mm-hmm. What kind of company should yeah. we be, and what kind of employees do we want to fit into that yeah. vision? Because yeah. without that, you're just you know offering some work and some money, and that's yeah. not enough anymore. Yeah. Uh, it really is.
0: And I hear that that salary competition or salary war is just sky rising right now. And I also hear that. There's a lot of uh, recruitments that are based on expectations that are not what uh, happens in real life. So that a lot of companies are actually also losing candidates within three, six months, a year, Mm. because it was not what they expected. So how do you, as a company, uh, align those expectations, knowing that uh, other companies are offering better benefits or another uh, uh, culture or whatever it is how do you make sure that it's the right match you talked a little bit about the the dating game also uh.
1: yeah and i think uh, I, I i like to to compare uh ten acquisition a little bit with dating because you kind of have to be in it both parties for a long term yeah uh, and until you find a match i mean it's fair to start shopping somewhere else and i think that exercise is quite similar yeah. uh, and uh, from my point of view, this is much more uh, about starting to think differently as companies. Uh, we cannot think about employees as someone who is there to do a transactional piece of work and then get money for it and go home and have a life. Mm. You kind of have to be part of that experience now. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk about uh, change, changing you know, all of HR to be a little bit more about um, employee experience. Yeah. Um, you know, generators in a sense, and that's probably your competitive edge because you might be in a situation where you cannot offer the same salaries, but if you offer a better experience right now Mm -hmm. and it's much more fun to go to work at your place rather than someone else's, I think you have a reasonable chance anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, making that visible to the world is is a challenge. Uh, But your employees, your existing employees, um, you know, should also be an advocate there yeah. you could use yeah uh, but it's a i think that's a huge challenge and yeah. figuring out what it is yeah. is, is, is probably the starting point yeah. point.
0: and how do you prioritize that because there's a lot of things you can do when we talk about employer branding and talent yeah. acquisitions you can fo- focus your resources on the uh, digital campaigning or face-to-face activities meeting the candidates at yep. different events where, where do you see uh, you know, putting the money in the best bucket. Uh, how do you, where do you start if you are to prioritize a couple of activities to uh, build a good first meeting with a candidate? Uh,
1: to be honest, uh, I think the starting point, at least for Leo Pharma, is uh, is with the top management starting to talk about what they want to do with the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes both internally, but yeah. also externally. I mean, we had a new we have a new CEO come came in in, in spring, in April. Uh, I mean, it's, it's time soon to, to start explaining mm. what are we supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, and that story is interesting for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Candidates, uh, employees, uh, yeah. you know, we need to get that in order. Yeah. Um, when that is placed, there's a lot of tactics you can use. And I think for me, and that goes back to what you started to introduce me about, I mean, it's, it, I'm, I'm very much about piloting and, and learning and yeah. uh, finding out what works. Uh, Is it small videos from each areas that we start publishing? Is it um, our sources that go out to find candidates? Are we dressing them correctly? What kind mm-hmm. of stories are they telling mm-hmm. about the company? Mm-hmm. Uh, when they get questions back about the culture, what are we saying then? And so yeah. forth. All of that has to be aligned and, and we need to tell the same story that yeah. actually has to be true. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's the real trick here. Yeah. Uh, there's no more hiding as yeah. a, you know, old school, half crabby company. Uh, I think you are in trouble. Yeah. You need yeah. to think about... How are we making everybody happy? Why is it the most fun place to be? Yeah. Um, and if you can't say yes to that question and you're just, you know, doing work, uh, it's going to be super tough. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And I know that there's a, I mean, there's a lot of pressure for from the organisation towards talent acquisition because they need people. Yeah. Um, so, how do? Uh, recruiters sitting out there and hiring managers how do they ensure that the candidate experience is is so good that the people uh, or the the future employees decide to to work uh, with the company what is the what is the intention that needs to be uh, in this uh,
1: yeah it's it's many things Um, I think the primary thing, to be honest, it's super boring, it's about being super professional and timely and making sure that nobody feels forgotten, that there's no big gaps where we don't know who's doing what, uh, to be in constant dialogue with these candidates and make sure they know they they can live with, you know, there are other candidates in play, we need to interview them as well, Mm. that they would expect that. Uh, It's That's not a problem. The problem is if you Waited two weeks and they haven't heard from you. Yeah. Then they think they're out and you're gone. Yeah. Uh, and I think we, in talent acquisition, we can tend to be super, super busy and things fall in between chairs. I think it's a lot about how much you invest in this, because yeah. there's a limit to how much you can run with this yeah. as a recruiter yeah. and maintain your professionalism. Yeah. And um, what's, that,
0: what's that limit? Do you have a, a experience one? I mean, there are no recruitments that are You know the same. Exactly.
1: uh, I think uh, it depends a little bit. So if you are doing difficult R and D roles, you will hopefully (laughs) have less less roles to handle than you you do in in, let's say uh, production, where there's a lot more repeat stuff. I think uh, in general. Uh, I would be concerned when my recruiters have more than twenty roles at a time. Uh, then it becomes difficult to fit in. Also, because there's a lot of stuff here that you can't do in the evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like you just do an interview at ten in the evening with a candidate and a hiring manager. That yeah. really doesn't work. Yeah. And I think we, you know, back to the experience, right? Um, I think we need to to make sure that the, that that there's a decent balance of 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 uh, of workload. I, mean, I used to. To compare this a little bit with, you know, if you need to carry a lot of rocks across a road, yeah, there's a good amount to take on mm. each trip. Mm. I mean, yeah. if you, <laughs> yeah. and and you know, there's an actual meaningful amount that will make it most efficient. Yeah, I don't know how much that is. Depends on how strong you are and how many, uh, yeah. how much they weigh. But uh, but I mean, it, if you take too many, it yeah. will go really slow. If yeah. you take too few, it will go really slow. Yeah. I think it's a little bit the same here. You need to find that balance yeah. uh, and probably. You know needs to be tied to the organization yeah. and a little bit on what you're trying to yeah. do if you're doing a lot of it it's really hard these yeah. days yeah. Uh,
0: and i know uh, jacob that you're very focused on you know continuously improving the the talent acquisition processes and uh, also looking into the taking part of it yeah uh, where do you see that that the uh, functions as talent acquisition can get help uh, from a from a more technical point of view or are there something that you can outsource or how can you streamline and, and use the your resources yeah. the right way?
1: I think it's a, it's still a good question. Um, again, there's alarmingly few plug and play good pro you know, good examples that you can just go and buy from the shelf and then yeah. we'll make everybody more efficient. Uh, it's a little bit sad because they've been, we've been talking about this for a while. Yeah, uh, there are some good options out there for different stuff. So if you have a large volume of recruitments, uh, like we do, you would probably want to figure out how we do do we do scheduling efficiently.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Obviously, is that the place. most
0: time-consuming?
1: I don't of? think so, but it's definitely time-consuming, uh, okay. and you need a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. So if we do a thousand hires, we're scheduling, let's say, five thousand interviews a year. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can get that to be a five-minute exercise instead of a twenty-minute exercise, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's already nice, and it's it's a little more fun to be the admin that actually does that. Yeah. to be honest, um, I think there's also um, uh, there's potential in some different tools in order to uh, to do some more automated sourcing, yeah, uh, to help find candidates and maybe also, uh, you know pipeline a little bit uh, pipelining is also an interesting stuff it's, it's typically something that the, my my boss's boss and so forth will ask for let's do a strong pipeline of candidates and yeah. pipelining yeah. is roughly dead okay. in my opinion why is that because candidates disappear so they get new jobs and then they yeah. don't want to move again uh, so you might have a nice list of, of great then candidates you but you know
0: again
1: you know, they're available in three years yeah so it's uh it's very much about being much more agile in the moment and, and, and also making sure that, that when you have a good candidate that you're able to actually hire them fast. Yeah. I think you can do pipelines in two scenarios. You can do it when you have so much volume of, an, of a role so you can yeah. always have an open position yeah. and that means that you can hire anyone you find. Yeah. You can also do it when you in the other end of the scale when you have so many... so. Uh, so much difficulty hiring niche roles in the corner mm. that the, the business is ready to open a position for that person if you find one. Yeah. <laughs> Everything in between, uh, I wouldn't yeah. do it. Uh, not yet. Uh, but that
0: really requires some changes in the organization yes. to have that. Um, another thing I would like to, to, to get your uh, insights on, Jacob, is, is I mean we all know how important diversity is and what it can, uh, or how much value it can bring to an organization. Um, so, what are your experiences in, in bringing more diversity in through uh, recruitment and talent acquisition and has that changed uh, in the market that we are in now? Can we can we uh, allow ourselves to, to focus on diversity knowing that we don't have the same access to talent?
1: It's a good question. Um... There's definitely a different dynamic when you only have let's say one or two candidates to pick from yeah and it's unlikely you will find number three mm. then what are we doing yeah. right yeah. Uh, and i think that will drive some interesting behavior also on hiring managers so the whole diversity challenge has been very much the, about uh, let's say us challenging the business to uh, you know Consider new kinds of candidates. Uh, you know, be open to new, uh, you know, different parts of the candidate pool that we didn't uh, used to do. Uh, yeah. Avoid hiring uh, the, a copy of the person that left. That kind yeah. of stuff. And that's yeah. been very much the talent acquisition role to say, yeah. you know, have you considered this? Have you considered that? I'm not experiencing hiring managers having a lot of problem opening the books not- these days. I mean. Okay. They are very open because yeah. they know that it's going to be super difficult. So if you yeah. find a great person that can do it, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't care about demographics. Yeah. So, uh, so I think in that sense, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Where it, for for last couple of years, it's been very much about how do we lift the those groups that yeah. that that. People are less interested in, yeah. or maybe have some bias against, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. To now people being like, we don't, we don't care that much. To yeah. be honest, uh, if you can find a great candidate, yeah. I'm super happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it will put some pressure on a lot of uh, organizations because, especially when you are a small con- country like ours in Denmark and. You have organizations that are very Danish. Yeah, uh, yeah. We are still uh, seeing that issue in, in Leo Pharma, absolutely. Yeah. Um, then introducing a lot of different nationalities to the group yeah. uh, is, is an interesting exercise, yeah. also from a culture perspective. Yeah. So what are you driving and what kind of a culture are we getting, my, my own <laughs> team included. So we are we're building a European talent acquisition team right now, um, and it's what 10 people with eight different nationalities or something like that Uh, which is fantastic from many points of view but but it's also very new so we need to find you know some common way of working together here uh, which is probably going to be very different than if I had 10 Danish recruiters in the team right
0: and it's even more (laughs) difficult for you to uh, to hire recruiters and recruitment partners because everyone wants uh, those profiles right now.
1: Recruiters are right now the most sought-after profile on the entire LinkedIn platform yeah. Uh, yeah. more so than software engineers and so yeah. forth. So yeah. it's, a, it's a weird strange that's, that's really exercise. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes and back to the whole story right that it's connecting yeah. that uh, if you are in so much trouble getting good applicants for your roles, you will start building up organizations like mine uh, to make sure that you can actually do something strategic uh, with your talent acquisition and it just doesn't become who's ever randomly available. Uh, That was the big fear uh, and and why you need to, to think about this a little harder.
0: Is the problem really to finding the best talent or is it to focus on retaining? And I know that that uh, I mean we work together in Nordisk with the with the graduate uh, programs, ensuring that we could build talent pipelines for the future, um, and and doing a lot of development activities uh, around these uh, early talents. And so, um, with your experience also working with with graduate programs and and early talent in in general, what do you how do you see the role of early talent, and and why do you think that there's a pattern uh, seeing that a lot of early talents they don't stay in the companies for for uh, so long uh, as other uh, profiles are doing uh,
1: i i see a huge role for early talent i think it's important that any company right now thinks about what are we longer term doing in terms of offering and, uh, and generations are not alike they think differently um, I, there's definitely a matter of being a company that can also progress your employees Mm -hmm. um, and uh, being a company that that really puts uh, some effort and some, some emphasis on being a place where you Have a great experience as we talked about but also develop your career yeah and um, that's not necessarily everywhere Uh, and it's a it's a difficult thing to do and and it's a different task for a manager uh, than just simply running the show Um, yeah i think that's important
0: what are are the pros and cons or what does it require for a company to to have focus on, on early talent or graduate programs how do you start
1: it's a good that's uh, a good question I, I I think you need to be present to some degree at the at the different universities and and, and be an, an actual something you know right yeah. and so you, you're an option uh, yeah. in their mind uh, in Leo Pharma we haven't been good enough at that and uh, we'll do something more there to, mm-hmm. to start you know establishing ourselves as someone you consider yeah. uh, and I think that's important because yeah. longer term you need to be on the radar uh, yeah. Uh, That's it. Then there's an actual program, and you can do those. Uh, I think uh, graduate programs are an amazing thing, because not so much in terms of attracting that great candidate from Copenhagen University or CBS, uh, because you can get those in other ways uh, mm. and you can get them a later in, your, in their career if you want to mm. uh, pay for that. <laughs> yeah. um, but in terms of attracting uh, strong external talents, uh, graduate programs have proven to be super, super strong mm. uh, because you offer something else than just a standard job, back to the whole experience thing. Mm. If you can deliver a graduate program that that truly makes it, uh, you know, a journey uh, yeah. that, uh, that can develop a person in itself, uh, I think that's an amazing thing to, to to consider. And that would actually give you a, a, a access to a lot of external talent from all sorts of the w- world at a point yeah. where they're not super pricey and yeah. where they're looking to develop and looking to contribute and will yeah. come in with new perspectives to your company. And there's so many nice things. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember the, the actual uh, Denmark versus... Uh, uh, yeah. a non-Dane uh, uh, ratio in the normal knowledge-graded program yeah. was crazy. I don't remember yeah. the number, but it no, was. I think
0: uh, it, it changed from like 12, 13 years ago. It was 10% uh, non-Danes and 90% uh, Danes. And now the number is, has completely shifted uh, yeah. the other way around. Um, but I'm curious also to hear how do you then um, screen or assess uh, these early talents to to really make sure that they then have the the right mindset to to stay in the in the company if they are to stay in the company. I don't know if it's still a benefit the, the whole and build versus buy uh, approach.
1: True and 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 there's there's that angle right. So that we will see definitely a way bigger mix of uh, just freelance people uh, yeah. also being part of the mix and uh, you will see. People with, with shorter tenure in their companies, again, because people are chasing different things than they used to do. Stability, I think you would find is less on the list if you actually ask a lot of people right now, especially yeah. in this market where anyone can, you know, I literally mean that if you're good at something right now, yeah, it's not hard to get a job. Yeah. You need to be good at something and be a half-decent person to work with and then, then, you know, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the whole drama of, of losing your job or not fitting in and so forth, it's it's not really that big of a deal uh, yeah. as it used to be. I'm, I'm generalizing, I know that there are definitely yeah. corners where it's not the same and I'm probably also talking a private sector yeah. here, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but but this it, it drives a completely different dynamic and right. I think we we need to, to take that very seriously uh, and make sure that I mean if we only have people for a couple of years, mm. we need to find a way to make that an actual value gain anyway. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's probably the biggest mind shift that says you will probably not see your people being here for five, ten yeah. years anymore. Yeah. And you need to make that a profitable thing for your company. Mm. <laughs> uh, there's also benefits of that—a yeah. a shift of different new ideas and and so forth—and uh, yeah. it puts the pressure on talent acquisition, but also on your onboarding processes yeah. and making sure that people come up to speed. Yeah. Um, in general, just making sure that uh, people have what they need real fast yeah. and IT and a yeah. lot of other things. Yeah. It has to work. Uh, if yeah. uh, if we're slow again, it's a problem.
0: Yeah. So how do you how do you future-proof your your organization's workforce. Uh, what are the uh, learnings from you that we need to take into the future in regards of safeguarding that we have the right people not only today but also in the in future of, ahead?
1: It's, uh, it's probably uh, less about actually safeguarding it but more about making sure that you can replace people with quality when you need to yeah. and make sure that you have the, the tools available. And when I say tools, I mean broadly uh, the, the actual uh, you know, story, uh, the actual good experience, right? Yeah. the actual uh, interesting job, and actual successful company, right? yeah. it's also important. Yeah. All of these elements need to be in place. If you can do that, then people will naturally want to work for you because you're better than the competition and uh, you will be able to, I mean, rewards probably also part of that package, right? Mm. You need to be able to offer something that makes sense uh, in terms of money. Mm. But I think it's about getting all those those things in place. Um, You want to be the company that people think Google is. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure they are. Uh, I don't know, But, uh, but you want to be that company, right? That, that that people say, "Oh you, are you working for them that sounds amazing yeah uh, I think that's how you future proof it that doesn't mean that you won't have to recruit because people will leave anyway yeah. uh, and find new things and want new opportunities that you probably can't give them or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's part of the deal yeah. uh, but if you have that kind of company then you will also have great replacements yeah which is fine yeah. And I think that's probably the mind shift we need to yeah. to work with. Yeah. That it's fine, yeah. and maybe we don't need a turnover of five percent in the mm-hmm. company and call that successful. We can probably live with fifteen, yeah. and then just you know be good at at, yeah. at shifting it. Yeah. There's also a great benefit. So, so Leo Pharma right now, with all the changes that are happening there, mm-hmm. every single organization is looking for a different kind of employee. Uh, Maybe not different, but at least a very specific kind that they need in order to execute on their future strategy. Mm-hmm. That's super hard if you have a turnover of three percent. Yeah. I mean, then, well, how do you how do you operate? How do you shift the the, the way you work? Yeah. Um, if you have a large turnover, you can definitely do that. Yeah. But you'll also be a little bit behind the curve if you're not fast. Yeah. So you'll be understaffed forever if you don't. Do something pretty organized. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why they hired me. But I, uh, we're we're building and we're yeah. trying. But it's uh, it's it's definitely a nice ambition. Um, and I think over a, you know a short period of years, we are likely to probably you know hire as many people as we have in the company right now in like mm-hmm. five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. So doing that in a strategic, smart way yeah. is probably pretty important. Yeah. If you end up, you know. But hiring you, the wrong people yeah. in that kind of amount, Yeah, I mean, it's difficult.
0: Yeah, But you talked a little bit about, you know, the perspectives and in, in the gig economy that companies will be forced to taking more freelancers and, and consultancy and stuff, consultants and, and, and people that are moving around in the market. How does that... Uh, meet the requirements of the company now are they are the companies too locked in the way that they offer contract and how their working model looks like today or how do you see that change if it's changing
1: i think companies are probably very different i don't know to be honest and i'm sure that it's different industries have different angles here Uh, it's in pharma at least there's actually been strong tradition for using a lot of consultants for all sorts of stuff yeah i think the real change is when you are using them to actually operate your daily business and having that as part of your workforce plan in the Mm. sense that Mm -hmm. you say it's actually smart if 20 percent is coming from the outside Uh, how do we do that Um, there's a lot of nice uh, interesting uh, uh, new emerging platforms out there to find good uh, freelancers and trying to, to execute on that in a good way. I think uh, I think that's super interesting. Uh, it gives a different perspective to it and consultants are also, they also have a different attitude to what they're doing. They're only going to be there for a short time. Mm. They want to do a good job so they can recommend it next time. And I think that in itself drives just a different dynamic and yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing. That can work really well. We just said uh, goodbye to a great consultant in my team. Yeah. Uh, she came in saved us, I think she enjoyed saving us yeah. in that sense, yeah. and then she moved on to something else, yeah. and uh, that can be a nice also employee experience for her. Mm-hmm. It definitely worked for us, yeah. and uh, I think those kind of scenarios uh, yeah. you should probably as a leader uh, prepare yourself for. Uh, so how can we do some, some more quick solutions to some of these issues, maybe having all of your team as in-house people is not... Uh, part of the plan. Um, We have an agreement with a big uh, external uh, recruitment process outsourcing company as well. Um, That's a permanent plan Mm. in my eyes at least, until someone tells me differently. But That means that I have an external partner that I can ask to scale up, scale down. Um, We have agreements on how to work together. It's great. And I still treat these people as my own team, so yeah. we're firing everybody in in September, including the externals. Yeah. Um, and you can totally do that. I think yeah. that works fine. Uh, and it just gives a different uh, perspective yeah. because they can do different things than we can. Yeah. Uh, we can put people in different places that we can't because we're not there. Yeah. Legal entities are not necessary, all of them, right? Yeah. So I, right now I have an employee that's external that sits in Croatia. Yeah. I don't think Leo Pharma has a legal entity in Croatia. I think that's a problem if I actually yeah. had to have that person in my yeah. you know. So there's there's different things there and then I can scale up somewhere strange. Yeah. And because that, really that, fast.
0: That that I think is a really good advice or something to think about because I think it's really challenging to have a TA function because the needs of the organization changed all the time. You yeah. can have a month where you need to recruit five and then the next month you need to recruit a 100. Mm-hmm. So what are your uh, advices on how do you make your TA function flexible or scalable in regards of the demands of the hiring managers? and the
1: I mean in, in, in reality there are three options. You can go full in-house uh, which uh, is fine and you hire a lot of people and then uh, have them it's really hard to scale it every time you need to go to a finance person to get you know a new headcount and all that stuff especially in big organizations that's super annoying so (laughs) you can do that Uh, if you don't have a lot of fluctuations in your volume yeah yeah. I think that's actually a pretty solid solution it's probably the cheapest then you can go uh, full external where you simply say someone else take care of my TA operations Uh, a lot of companies are doing that yeah Um, they are
0: don't you then? You talked about the, the culture and yeah. the employer brand. Isn't there a there's chance definitely that a, you lose that?
1: There's a, pro, there's a real risk. And, and I mean, it depends on the provider and the, the agreements you make with them. But there's a real risk that you lose the connection to the business, that it just becomes a transactional, let's close a lot of recruitments
0: <laughs> situation,
1: yeah. because that's what we're hired to do, uh, and less about are we getting the right people on board? Uh, mm-hmm. Do they match with the strategy and so forth? Uh, In my team we have opted for for a hybrid, so we get the flexibility of the external, but we have the uh, half the team is internal. Mm -hmm. And that means that I now have experts in every country where we have a big presence. So I have someone who can take care of France. We have a big factory in France. If they do want to do something new, if they want to automate something and we need to do something on automation, I have someone that can take care of that and that understands them and can, you know, get a relationship with the management team there all of that is easier with you have so i'm, I'm my recommendation is probably to look into that I, th- yeah. I think that it seems like the best solution to be honest uh, if you are uh, again in a situation where you might see peaks and troughs and usually you are yeah. Uh, yeah. if you're a small company uh, you know get an, a strong in-house uh, person that can take care of, yeah. of, of your uh, your thing uh, I, I would much rather do that than ask your managers to find out how to do recruitments on their own. Yeah. I think a lot of companies also doing that model. Yeah. Uh, Which uh, is time
0: consuming if you're recruiting one. a and-
1: And people have different skills in this area, right? You will have great hiring managers that know exactly how to talk to a candidate and it's it's a great experience and you will also have the other version. Uh, And as a company, I'm not sure you can afford that, to be honest, Uh, especially with power shifting towards candidates. Every time they meet the annoying guy, it's a problem, right? Yeah. And I think we uh, we probably want to be just a tad more professional uh, yeah. as companies right now, and make sure that everybody has a good experience, yeah. and yeah. not just the people meeting yeah. the the nice yeah. guy.
0: <laughs> Jacob, I feel we could uh, talk for hours oh, yeah. about this uh, this topic, and I definitely know that you are very passionate about uh, continuously changing the way that we recruit and hire the best uh, people for the for the company. So I want to say. Uh, A big thank you to you, Jacob, for joining us on this podcast about uh, how uh, talent acquisition is is important here in 2022. And I think what we discussed about uh, today was definitely the importance of making sure that you have a company uh, with a strong value proposition that everyone wants to be a part of and then that will make the candidates line up because right now the line is very short uh, of potential candidates. We talked about the potential of uh, automating uh, the sourcing part and we also talked about why sourcing is maybe even more important now than it has been uh, before. We talked about making sure that you have a uh, recruitment process or that you have the opportunity to always replace because we are in a different work market, working market right now where a candidate uh, does not stay in the company uh, for as many years as they maybe have done before and uh, for that we also talked about early talent, recruiting early talent, how do you recruit uh, the right early talent, what are they expecting uh, could be satisfied in a graduate program or at least some focus on developing uh, their uh, talents. And um, and I think that uh, we came around all elements of uh, talent acquisition, not knowing what's in the future uh, glass ball, but uh, you definitely came up with some good advices on what we can expect uh, going forward. And uh, with that, I want to say a huge thank you to you, Jacob, for joining this uh, webinar around why talent acquisition is so important in 2022. And I also want to make sure that now that we talked about diversity, that you all know that there's another webinar, uh, which is available on Spotify, YouTube and the webpage of uh, Innerflow around diversity, equity and inclusion that uh, is also very insightful for you to listen into. So thank you so much for joining everyone and uh, all best and thank you Jacob.
1: Thank you.